Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Parkinson's Recovery. This is Robert Rogers. My guest today is Pamela Quinn. And some of you may actually already be familiar with Pamela Quinn, who has been a professional dancer for 20 years. This is a remarkable interview in all respects, and she is a remarkable woman. Pamela is actually not in the United States today. She's not in New York City where she lives. She is in Glasgow, Scotland at the World Parkinson's Conference. Tonight they are actually showing a video that she made which shared first prize in the video competition at the uh, World Parkinson's Conference. You'll be able to see that video if you go to the Parkinson's Recovery blog. I've got that posted today, September the 30th. It's remarkable in every respect. And to find that blog, you can go to the main website, parkinsonsrecovery.com, and you'll see a link there that says blog. Click on that link, and you'll be able to watch that stunning and amazing video that she created for the World Parkinson's Conference. Now, to the first segment of the pre-recorded interview with Pamela Quinn. I'm Robert Rogers, and my guest today is Pamela Quinn, which you are about to discover is a quite fascinating individual. Pamela, thanks so much for being with us today. Glad to be here. Tell us about yourself. Oh, my. (laughs) Um, Well, I used to be a professional dancer. I worked with a company in San Francisco called ODC San Francisco, and I also collaborated with my husband, who's an actor and writer, Michael O'Connor, and I did that for about 20 years until I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, and I was about age 42 at the time, and I it was a hard adjustment for me, uh, as it would be for anyone, but particularly for a dancer, because how I viewed myself and and was very connected to how I moved and how other people saw me. It was my source of income, et cetera, et cetera. So I went through various stages of dealing with that reality and have ended up teaching movement for people with Parkinson's. Um, as a way to sort of combine my previous training with my current condition. And I have found it very rewarding, and I love doing it. And I teach both group classes, and I have a one-on-one practice. What were your reactions when you first discovered that you had the symptoms of Parkinson's disease? Well, I really had a variety of reactions. One of them was relief because I knew something was wrong and I didn't know what it was. And being able to put a name to it would allow me to look into it, to research it, to learn more about it. One of my reactions was fear. Oh, my God, what does this mean about me, about my future? Am I going to end up in a nursing home? You know, what what's down the pike for me? One of my reactions was sadness, you know, that my dreams of my future were all of a sudden changed and there was sort of a period of mourning um, about my life and what it was going to be. And um, 
so there were a real multitude of reactions. One of them was to just dive right into research. What is this that I have? What can I do about it? How am I going to cope? Um, so uh, there was a wide range of emotional reactions and then responses to those reactions. Uh, here's one more I just thought of. Another one was I was diagnosed at a um, center for movement disorders, and I got home, and this was an immediate reaction, and I said to myself, okay, I've just been to a top-notch place. They diagnosed me with a disease and a movement disorder. Who's going to help me with my movement? It seemed to me a fairly uh, important requirement uh, for this condition and I ended up becoming my own patient <laughs> you looked at yourself in the mirror and said I believe I'm the one that's <laughs> going to help myself with this as well that's, as many many others <laughs> that's right so it sounds like after you got the news of uh, a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease, you delved into research. Exactly what form did that take? Was it Internet research? Did you call medical doctors? How Exactly what did you do when you found out? Well, um, it was about 15 years ago, so the computer wasn't as uh, spread out, integrated into people's lives as it is today, or at least it wasn't as integrated into my life. Um, I went to the bookstore, I went to Barnes & Noble, and I looked at all the literature they had there, and I sat down and I read what I could. And my doc, one of my doctors, I was diagnosed by two doctors, one of them said, don't go to the Internet. And I think he said that because people's uh, situations progress at just such different speeds and people have different arrays of symptoms. And I think he was concerned that I would read and see pictures of people who whose situations really didn't what weren't comparable to mine and there wasn't any reason for me to get upset about that. Um, but no one's going to not go to the Internet. <laughs> so, so of course, I, I did. And, um, and I also uh, I enlisted the help of a woman named Martha Partridge, who is a Traeger practitioner. And I knew of her through the dance world because she works with both dancers and people with Parkinson's. And um, she was also a resource for a lot of information about other teachers and the disease itself. When you actually did this scan of information, was the doctor's expectation confirmed? Was it rather depressing to see evidence of what was happening to people? Um, somewhat. I think um, one memory that was more related to um, that wasn't related to the internet but is related to your question is that you know when you sit in the doctor's waiting room and you see the people around you and they're much older generally 
and they've got a lot of problems and you think, oh, my God, (laughs) where I'm headed. Uh, Who are these people? Why am I here? Um, What happened? You know, so, and sometimes I, I remember one patient coming out who had a lot of rigidity and she was very kind of zombie-like in in the way she looked. I'm sure not in the way she felt. But I looked at her and I thought, oh, my goodness, what am I in for? (laughs) Um, And fortunately, I'm not there yet, and I I hope I won't be, but... um, but it's it's a difficult diagnosis for anyone. What are your symptoms now? Oh, um, well, a lot of them, most of them are masked by the medication I take, but if I'm off my meds, I have tremor, I have slow gait, I have my arm doesn't swing, uh, the tremors both in my hand and in my head. I have festination, which is when you take those little steps and it's like you're going down a runway. Um, I, you know, sort of careen from wall to wall. Um, those are some of my problems when I'm not medicated. And people don't realize that I mean quite naturally you know that I um, if I leave the building where I live in the morning and my medicine hasn't kicked in I'm limping and I'm not moving well at all and then I come back home jogging and they think who is this lady <laughs> what's, what's going on here everyone is invited to see links to videos of you teaching in groups and there's also an award-winning video that we have a link to of you uh, basically talking about Parkinson's, uh, war- won uh, an award at the World Parkinson's Conference. I want everybody to watch those videos, but uh, you'll say the same thing. You'll say, does she really have the symptoms of Parkinson's? Uh, are you sure? <laughs> because you are, uh, you are so fluid. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's just unbelievable uh, in terms of the work that you're actually doing. Well, thank you. Have your symptoms, it's been now about 15 years, progressed in the sense that they have gotten worse, or have your symptoms remained about the same, or have your symptoms progressed in the sense that they are less troublesome now? Um, They've definitely progressed. The progression has been at a slow rate, Um, and... um, They've progressed both in terms of um, the severity of the symptom and the range of symptoms. Um, But it happens, for me, as I said, it's happened at a very slow rate. Um, And, you know, I'm more sensitive to it than other people. So people say, God, you know, your symptoms don't seem to be progressing at all. Well... It's not true, <laughs> but um, but I'm glad that's what they think. Um, so, but you know, when I I really think my moving background and my commitment to trying to move as much as possible 
has been neuroprotective. Um, I know, for instance, that when my meds are wearing off, if I'm in, it happened to me yesterday, and I was, uh, I teach at the New York College of Osteopathic Medicine in Long Island, and um, I was, it was 11, close to, it was 10.30 or 11, I don't know what time it was, but anyway, my meds were wearing off, and I was having to teach. So right, I turned on some music, and I just got myself dancing, because I knew that if I got myself moving, I would be able to sort of carry through that uh, time period when my meds weren't really working that well anymore, but it wasn't yet time for me to take my next dose. So movement has uh, is something I use to carry me along, and it's also something I use to uh, keep the disease at bay as much as possible. We'll be right back with Pamela Quinn after this short station break. I'm Robert Rogers. This is Parkinson's Recovery, and you are listening to my interview with Pamela Quinn, who, as we speak today on September the 30th, is in Glasgow, Scotland, at the World Parkinson's Conference, receiving the first prize award for the video that she actually produced and submitted for the competition. One of my heroes in terms of research is Norman Dodge, who I think has done groundbreaking work now for many, many years on brain development and neural network programming. Norman has uh, written a number of books that are award-winning books, and he has also partnered with a company to develop exercises that help us be able to carve out and create new neural networks. There is a program that I've been enamored with uh, called a brain fitness program. It's a 40-hour program, which has been marketed for uh, just a little under $400. I've never said anything about this program in any of my blogs or books or radio shows because I always thought that was a bit pricey for people. I just saw a message today that basically promotes this as today only a 50% discount. I thought, oh, my goodness, this is the deal of a lifetime. So essentially, you can get a 50% discount, but you actually have to act apparently today. I've put instructions on the Parkinson's Recovery blog that explain what you need to do in order to qualify for this 50% discount. So there's a, a link, and then there's a code, a coupon code that you apply, and you can actually get 50% off, so it's just under $200. It's also a 90-day guaranteed money-back deal, which I also like, and I have no hesitation to recommend this to anyone to act on. After all, you get it, you try it for 90 days. If it's not helping, you basically send it back and say, this is not working, I'm ready to uh, receive my money back. So I think it's really the deal of a lifetime, and I haven't seen this uh, come out. I've known about, of course, Norman Dodge for many years. I've admired his work, and I've seen these programs work. So they're challenging, they're interesting. It's basically a 40-hour series of challenges on the computer that you can take in sort of 15-minute segments. So go to the Parkinson's Recovery blog to get first to look at Pamela Quinn's 
video because there's a, a, a posting there for September 30th, 2010. You can also get instructions on taking action on acquiring the brain fitness program. That's also on the blog, and you can get there by going to the main website, and that's parkinsonsrecovery.com, and you'll be able to click on the word blog on the main page. That takes you to the blog, and you'll see the listings there. Now back to Pamela Quinn. What do you suppose is the cause of your symptoms? Oh, my goodness. I, You know, each of us that gets diagnosed, we rack through our brains, through our history, trying to figure out why me, why did this happen? Uh, particularly with a young onset, they think that there's more of a genetic predisposition but there's no one in my family that has any history of this disease. Um, the physicians and researchers talk about to- exposure to toxins. While I was in a dance studio dancing, I wasn't in a, a lab with chemicals or on a farm with pesticides or whatever. So one thing I think to myself, so I, know, I don't know if there's any scientific uh, evidence of this, is that, well, what if my organs or my body is more simply more sensitive to certain toxins than other people? Maybe, uh, maybe something like chlorine, which is in the water, just as an example. Maybe there's something I've been exposed to on a regular basis that is very easy for other people's bodies to deal with, but not with mine. Um, maybe my detox process of my liver and kidneys doesn't function to maximal capacity. I don't know. These are just ideas that go through my head, and I, I don't know what scientific basis there is for them, if at all, but they're an attempt to search for the reasons that I got this disease. What therapies have you pursued that have given you sustained relief from your symptoms? And, of course, you've mentioned the movement and the dance. What else? Well, sustained relief is, is um, the word sustained is a little confusing because there, um, there are some things that require daily application, and they can provide sustained relief but they don't but because they require daily attention you might not think of it as sustained so um, I would say that um, for instance I mentioned Martha Partridge and Traeger Traeger is a is a form of um, massage therapy that really works to loosen the body and so it helps deal with rigidity and it it reconnects you to how your body used to feel before your Parkinson's. So it's helpful to me if I have some Traeger work done, but it doesn't last very long. I mean, um, but if I can take the information of how the Traeger is done and try to apply that to my own movement, try to work, jiggle my wrist or my hand or fling my arm in a released way, then it can have more of a sustained relief um, by virtue of the fact that I, I'm applying it myself. Um, 
I tried acupuncture for about a year, and uh, I've had various effects with that. Sometimes my head and neck get very stiff, and when I, sometimes when I've had acupuncture treatment, it just loosens that up. I remember one day I felt like, oh, my goodness, I'm an owl. <laughs> I could just rotate my head, you know. And I loved that feeling. And it also made me really realize how stiff I had been. Um, but that's, that goes up and down, and it's not a therapy that I uh, am able to afford on a regular basis. Um at one point, I had a lot of fatigue, and I went to a nutritionist to help me with my diet and uh, supplements, and he did help me, and it's not something I'm following anymore, but that was something that brought my energy back, so that, I guess, was a form of sustained relief, but I think the most important things for me have been physical exercise um, diminishing stress and finding things that make me happy <laughs> because um, it it sounds kind of trite but but pleasure is an important uh, antidote to Parkinson's I think and um and you need to get away from your Parkinson's as much as you need to delve into it. Um, and sometimes pleasure, whether it's doing something with your family or listening to music or going to a movie or whatever, those things are important too. How do you reduce stress in your life? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's see well sometimes uh, when I'm on the subway on my way to a client I do uh, a crossword puzzle I do it both as a way of, of trying to keep my brain active in terms of word retrieval and I don't know why it reduces stress but it's a form of escape um uh, at late at night, I'll watch a little TV, um, but that's an area that I could certainly work on. What therapies have you pursued that have not been helpful or even made symptoms worse? Um, I think the main thing that makes my symptoms worse is anxiety. Um, in fact, I have a client who has a pretty severe tremor, and she said an anti-anxiety drug that she takes helps her more than her PD meds. Um, and nervousness, anxiety is not for Parkinson's. Um, so that's not really a... a a form of therapy or a drug, but it's a state of being that does not mix well with the disease. 
I really want to ask you about the remarkable video that you produced, which shared the first prize at the World Parkinson's Conference. What motivated you to make the video in the first place? Well, um, when I was dancing, uh, I did a lot of choreography, and um, and I hadn't made any work for a number of years. And one of the things that you do as a choreographer is you you kind of um, keep a library ide- of ideas in your mind that you can go back to uh, should you should something evolve that needed one of those ideas. And I had sort of uh, when I've had different experiences with Parkinson's that have been particularly dramatic and um, so I heard about this video competition and I also heard that the video had to be under three and a half minutes long and I thought okay it's time to make something again um, How? what am I going to do and I just wrote down a list of the Parkinson's experiences that I had that I thought would be most interesting or effective in a dramatic way. And then I ordered them, and then I realized, oh, this is too long. I'm going to have to cut some here, and I cut here and there. And then I've made some pieces before that involved movement and language together, and um, and so, and I wanted to move because that's what I can do, mm-hmm. and uh, so I thought, okay, so I need to come up with some simple movement that I can put together with these words, and there needs to be a certain amount of variety and repetition, and um, that's and then I that's how it evolved. Did the work come together quickly? Did it fall in place without a lot of stress and strain, or did actually it, take- it it did? Sorry to interrupt you. It it came quite easily um, because I already had this grab bag of experiences which I've been waiting at some point to use, <laughs> so I didn't know how I would use them, and the opportunity arose. I want everybody to know that you're missing a real treat if you do not watch this video. It is uh, truly a creative piece of work that's remarkable. Thank you. What is the main point you want people to take away from watching the video? Well, I didn't make it with the idea of wanting to send a message or or have any one thing for people to learn from it. I just wanted to let people know who are less familiar with Parkinson's that we, those of us who have it, have a whole range of experiences that come from it. Some are funny, some are uh, are scary, some are um, thoughtful. Um, and and that each of us has a bunch of stories 
Um, and they, they all deal with how we interact with the world around us, how we tell people we have Parkinson's, how we then comfort the people we've just told that we have Parkinson's, uh, how how we learn how to deal with that do we lie about it do we what happens when you see a child that you can tell is scared of you because of how you're moving do you back off so you don't scare them do you tell them why you're moving that way there there are all kinds of ways we operate in the world um and and i think the video was just a way to share that with both the Parkinson's and non-Parkinson's community at large. We'll be right back with Pamela Quinn after this short station break. My guest today is Pamela Quinn, professional dancer from New York City. To watch Pamela's video, visit the following website, www.blog.parkinsonsrecovery.com. So it's the word Parkinson's, P-A-R-K-I-N-S-O-N-S, joined together with the word the word recovery, R-E-C-O-V-E-R-Y.com. You will see posted on September the 30th today a link to watch her video. You will also see posted some information about an offer that's available from the Posit Science Corporation today and only today for a 50% discount offer on their brain fitness program. This work is supported by science, by research. This is not work that's developed by a bunch of teenagers who are creating video games in their garages. That, of course, has its own value. But this work is actually founded on research by individuals who are figuring out how, in fact, we can create new neural networks to refresh our ability to remember and to function on all dimensions. They've created a a separate program for driving for individuals who are challenged with driving issues. They've created a special program on falls which has particular application, of course, to some individuals who have the symptoms of Parkinson's. But they also have a generic program on brain development, and that's the one that has the offer that's up for today on a 50% discount. It's got a 90-day guarantee, so you can get it, use it for 90 days, give it back, and get your money, all your money back. I suspect you're not going to want to do that from all the um, reviews that I've heard from individuals who've used these programs. You really do remember better, get smarter, can function better, drive more accurately and effectively, and you're less likely to fall. Now, that's a a barrel of possibilities, but the fact is when we create new neural networks, our brains do, in fact, function a lot better. So visit the blog, and I have two assignments for you. First, be sure to watch Pamela Quinn's video, which is showing tonight in Glasgow, Scotland, at the World Parkinson's Conference. And second, check out the brain development program that is now offered by Posit Science Corporation at a 50% discount today and only today. Pamela, do you consider yourself a former professional dancer or a professional dancer? Both. (laughs) And I say both because 
I'm no longer able to do what I used to be able to do. Um, and, and in that way, I'm a, currently a former professional dancer. Um, but at the same time, I have all of the knowledge, the experience, the uh, ability to perceive what's happening physically with my body or other people's bodies. So I have all that training of a professional dancer. And so I am a professional dancer and I'm not a professional dancer. And also, even if I didn't have my Parkinson's, I'm not sure I would still be dancing. I mean, maybe I would still be making work, uh, and by that I mean making dances. Um, I don't really know. Uh, but with the video, I just did make a dance of a different nature. So um, as long as I can keep creating in some way, whether the creative process has to do with teaching and finding methods to help people with Parkinson's, whether the creative process has to do with making a video, whether it has to do with uh, writing a book, as long as I keep thinking and growing and reaching out, uh, that's the most important, I think. As I already noted, no one would really be able to know as they watch you work and teach that you currently experience uh, some of the symptoms of Parkinson's. When you dance, do your symptoms always disappear? Well, I would say some of my rigidity stays, but it's it's fascinating. The more complex the movement, the easier it is for me to do. And I ask myself, why is that? And I think it's because there are other neurological symptoms which are engaged to help my body move in a complex way. But when you take the simplest of movement, walking, uh, turning, that there's something about the basic function that is impaired more than something much more complex. Now that may be just because I have a history as a dancer and so what's easy for me may not necessarily be easy for someone else. And I also have to say that music is a part of my medicine. It it propels me through space. If I'm frozen, it helps get me going. It makes me happy. I go around with my iPod all the time. Um, it e helps even out my gait. So that is also um, one aspect of dancing that helps me with my Parkinson's. One idea people might want to consider who are having mobility challenges then might be instead of just thinking about walking from point A to point B, they might think about dancing from point A to point B. Absolutely. Or even there are different ways that you can kind of de take a detour in your neurological pathway. Uh, one way is to do something like, okay, you're going to take giant steps or you're going to um, walk quietly. You can take a, either a quality or you can take something dramatic, like you can become a Marx Brother and 
you know, bend your knees and take those kind of big low steps. But anything that that will take you out of your normal movement pattern, and by normal I mean your Parkinson's movement pattern, and shift you into a different reality can be something that sort of breaks through your problem and allows you to get going. And so one thing I've did for years in walking on the uh, outside, I would place myself behind someone, not too close behind, and I would sync up my walk with theirs. I would take their rhythm, I would take their gait, and I would it would help even out my gait and they would turn and I'd find someone else and I'd go with that, with that person. Or another kind of, that's a visual cueing system. Another system was, I remember just the other day there was someone walking with a pair of heels and I could hear click, 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 click. So I put my walk right into her rhythm of her, of the sound of her feet. Um, so both Music, uh, oral, and visual cues are very have helped me tremendously in working my body to move in as normal a way as possible. How does it feel to dance and teach now as compared to, say, 25 years ago? Um... Well, I have to think more. I mean, with Parkinson's, we're doomed to conscious movement, and everything has to be more deliberate, though that's a little less the case when you have music to help you. Um, And also, when I was younger, you know, I could fly about in a way that I, I definitely can't do anymore. Um, so, but they're also, when I dance now, I'm conscious about testing myself. I make sure that I put, that I balance on one leg and then I balance on the other leg, that I test out my body equally on both sides, that I'm dancing to move, but I'm also dancing to evaluate. And, um, and before I, you know, wouldn't do things on both sides. I had no thought of evaluating. So uh, that's another difference. But um, one approach to working with people with Parkinson's and is, and dancing is basically problem solving, okay? My lower leg from my knee to the ankle doesn't swing forward when I walk. What am I going to do about it? What's going to make that leg swing forward? So I happen to have, I'm a soccer mom, I happen to have two boys that play soccer. I put a soccer ball in a grocery bag and I had myself kick it because I knew there was, if, if there was a little challenge there, I knew my body would respond. So I would walk with that bag in front and I would kick it and I would kick it and I would kick it. And then I would take the bag and the soccer ball away and I would pretend it was there. Kick kick I would say inside my head as a way of getting that lower leg to move forward so um, there are lots of, of I, if there's a problem to solve I just figure out 
what needs to happen and then what little prop or what help can I, from anything, anyone, can I use to make that happen. I use a lot of masking tape on the floor where I gradually increase the amount of space between the lines of tape. And you can put this in a rug in a hallway or whatever. And as you walk, you have to step over the tape and the stride increases in length as you go. So as a way to to open your stride up and improve your gait. Um, so I have a whole grab bag of tricks. <laughs> you do indeed. When you finish dancing, I'm curious, are you more energized than before you started or not? Yes, more. Absolutely. And I'm energized not only by moving, but by helping other people. It's both a physical and a psychological component. There is a study that was done several years ago that's got quite a bit of attention in the uh, Parkinson's literature that shows that tango dancing helps uh, individuals mm -hmm. get relief from their symptoms. So is tango it as far as dancing is concerned, or will any dance help? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because it's an important and a big subject. I think... I'm obviously partial to dancing. It's my own background. It, dance involves strength. It involves alignment. It involves balance. It involves music. It involves memory and learning combinations. It's a social form, so it brings people together. Um, there are a lot of uh, characteristics of dance that make it particularly suited toward Parkinson's. That being said, and tango, I should say, the weight is low to the ground. There's a clear sense of rhythm. Both those things are, are important and good for Parkinson's. However, I also think that you just need to do something. We all know that there are things to do. The real question is what's going to make us do them, what's going to get us to that point. And I, when people say to me, well, what do you think is the best exercise for Parkinson's? One of my answers is has three parts. The first part is to do an exercise or a sport that you used to do as a child uh, because there's a neurological memory, a neurological map built in you that is already there. It's, it's the old once you've ridden a bike, you always know how to ride a bike routine. And if you used to play tennis, you'll still know how to do that forehand and backhand. And you won't necessarily be as good as you used to be, but the elements will be there. And if you can do something and if you take pleasure in it, you're more likely to do it more frequently. You'll have success with it. Item number two, do a kind of exercise you've never done before as a way of having to learn something to create new neural activity in the brain. Item number three, whatever you do, try to do it with someone else, whether it's a friend, a personal trainer, a, a family member, your pet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can make 
a commitment to yourself to do something, but you won't keep it. But if you make a commitment to someone else, the likelihood of you keeping it is much improved. So it's much more likely that you will get out and do whatever you plan to do. So I, I although there are various studies about bicycling, about tango, about a lot of things, I think it's important to view it in a pluralistic fashion. There is no one exercise program that is going to be the best for everyone that has Parkinson's. Don't think of it that way. Think of it as what is the best suited to you and to you and to you. And it depends on what you like. It depends on what your history is. It depends on your climate of where you live. It depends on how close you are to something. It depends on who will do X with you. You know, there are a whole bunch of factors that go into helping you get going. And I think the Nike ad, just do it, <laughs> is, is part of uh, what's important here. And so you don't want to discourage people from doing what they might be able to do. But they, they say, oh, well, we don't have any tango here. I guess I can't do anything or, or whatever, you know. I think it's figure out what you like and then pursue it. We'll be right back with Pamela Quinn after this short station break. I'm Robert Rogers, and this is Parkinson's Recovery. If you have a particular program that you've used or a particular type of exercise that's made a huge difference in terms of giving you relief from your symptoms, let me know about it. Please, you can call me at a toll-free number, 877-526-4646, or you can always email me, Robert at parkinsonsrecovery.com. I always ask permission if I can use your first name and post uh, what people send me in terms of reports on the Parkinson's Recovery blog. If something has worked for you, it's wonderful news for other people to get the word as well. Let me know then if this has made a difference to you. If you've decided you want to sign up for the Brain Fitness Program that's been offered by the Posit Science Corporation at a 50% discount today and today only, buy it, get it, use it, and let me know how it's helping or if it is helping. The more information we can get out there to individuals, the better off people are going to be with regard to getting relief from their symptoms. My guess is that the Brain Fitness Program is a new way for you to exercise your brain. You won't be walking or dancing or moving. You're literally sitting in front of a computer. So in a way, it's a bit of a stagnant way to renew neural networks. But I suspect that it is a powerful way and a new and a novel way for you to be able to expose yourself uh, to new ways uh, to be able to create new neural networks. So go to the Parkinson's Recovery blog. You can get there by typing in www.blog.parkinsonsrecovery.com. You'll see a, an explanation there of how you can sign up for this program. And the bad news is, for those of you who are listening to this after today, September 20th, 30th, it's uh, apparently the, the incredible offer of 50% discount is not going to still be good. So do it today 
Uh, and uh, remember, you can always get your money back, uh, which is the one reason I'm more than happy to promote this for this particular corporation. I think it's a solid program, and it's a, a novel way to get new experiences and to challenge your neural networks to create new neural pathways. Now back to Pamela Quinn. You have really invented and created a wide variety of exercises oriented around dance that are helping individuals who have the symptoms of Parkinson's get relief. Tell us about some of these creative ideas. Okay. Um, your arms start stop swinging when you walk. But if you take a grocery bag that has some food in it or anything weighted and you kind of swing that front to back, that will help uh, get that arm moving. And um, what you want to do is you want to find ways to make your body uh, move in as normal a way as possible um, so, so that if the arm isn't swinging, then what's going to make my arm swing? Um, as I mentioned before, with the foot coming through, um, the lower leg coming through, I used a soccer ball and a bag. Also, it's very important to lead with your feet, to lead with your heels in particular um, as a way of, of preventing yourself from falling or tripping because in Parkinson's you tend to lead, lead with your torso. So what can you do to lead with your feet? Well, sometimes I have people pretend they're like in a fashion on a fashion runway <laughs> because it puts their chest up and their shoulders back and it makes their feet lead. Or if you're going backwards, it's also very important for your feet to lead because the tendency with going backwards is for your upper back to go back and you, that can lead to a backward fall. So you want to sort of crouch forward and let your feet go back. Your, your body should always follow where your feet go. Um, let's see, what other things have I that are unusual? Um, well, with tremor, um, I take charge of the tremor. I shake the tremor. I don't like let the tremor shake me. I do it. That way I'm manipulating it, I'm taking control of it, and there's a sort of psychological benefit as well as a physical one. Then when I release my arm, it's the muscles are relaxed for a bit. The tremor won't go away totally. It'll come back. But then I do that again. But if I'm in a you know a social situation where I don't want to look like a crazy person shaking my <laughs> body around, um, I can I uh, I'll put like my hand under my leg, and then my tremor starts up. I shift position, and I'll put my hand on my hip or behind my back. My tremor starts up. I'll shift it again. So I keep as soon as my body enters a physical behavior that I don't want, I interrupt it and I shift to another mode. And that's a way of saying, no, I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> and I just keep finding where even I'll sit on my hands, you know. Um, and, and 
you can, uh, like with dyskinesia, um, I'm sure you've seen how Michael J. Fox is, what a, how lucky we are to have him. And he's brilliant in terms, in many ways, but one way is the way in which he uses his movement as he's sitting and talking, and he keeps shifting around, kind of following the way his body is going. Um, and there's another thing that's helpful, and that is pressure. Um, if you, if someone has a lot of dyskinesia or tremor, you really hold them on either, let's say they're sitting, press on either side of their arms like you're giving them a hug, but I mean with force, and that will allow their body to relax. I had a patient who has a lot of head dyskinesia, and he was having real problems with the dentist because the dentist couldn't work on him. And he said to me, what should I do? And I said, have the hygienist hold your head on either side. I said, but not just hold it, press it from either side because that's going to allow your neck to release and have her press, continue the pressure the whole time the dentist is doing his work. And it worked. Uh. <laughs> so um, pressure... Is, can help our bodies relax. Also, just it touching furniture. If you're in the middle of a, of a room, kind of marooned or an island, it's more, um, you're more concerned about balance. But if you touch a person or a piece of furniture, it just, uh, it gives you a little way to sort of stabilize yourself. Um, that's another little trick, if you will. Um, so those are some things uh, to help your gait. I talked about masking tape. I know that when I cross the street, you know, there are those white lines. I either step over each one or I step on each one. Or, you know, I give myself a task, which is related to visual cueing, to fit my body into um, and I constant and sometimes I use the visual cueing and the oral cueing together so if I have my iPod I'm synced up to a piece of music I have I'm running late music I have relaxed music I have all different kinds categories of music and so I'm in a, a rhythm with my gait and I'm stepping over the cracks in the sidewalk and uh, some people say, well, people with Parkinson's can't multitask, but listening to music and moving to it is multitasking as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so, uh, I, so that I use both visual cueing and oral cueing at the same time. Now, can I do that because of my dance background? Can anybody do that? I think that there are many things that people with Parkinson's cannot do initially, but they can be trained to do them. And for anyone that says people with Parkinson's can't do X, Y, Z, the important question is, but can they be taught? And uh, that's what I try to do. One of the truly engaging visual images and a video that's on the link that I have posted on the Parkinson's Recovery blog 
is a, a situation where people are throwing light balls at each other. Right. Tell people some about what that accomplishes. Well, um, fall prevention, this may be a, a stretch, but um, fall prevention is very important. Um, and one of the things that you have to train is reflexes. Um, and so uh, there are a couple things that are really important for fall prevention and then I'll lead back to the balls and one of them is recognizing immediately when your weight is starting to shift in a direction that would lead towards a fall so you need to to become hypersensitive and aware of what's happening with your weight so that you can begin to prevent a fall from happening early on before it's too late now, the ball in a circle routine involves hand-eye coordination, but it also involves quick shifts of weight. If you have to reach to get a ball that's being thrown to you or you have to lean forward or backward, and so it deals both with quick reactions with hand-eye coordination and the balls are, they're called um, gamma revolution balls. They're used for beginning tennis players. You can get them online. And they're foam balls so that they're uh, fun to catch. And it's a, a social, a fun game to play. I, one of the things I'm interested in my classes is finding cooperative games rather than competitive games. And what happens, this is uh, what the way this game works, is you get in a circle and you establish a pattern. Pam throws to Joe, Joe throws to Leo, Leo throws to Martha, Martha throws to Dorothy, Dorothy throws back to Pam. And then you repeat, you, you throw to that person and you keep that pattern going. Once you accomplish that with one ball, you add in another ball. And once you accomplish that with two balls, you add in another oh, ball. Oh, my goodness. And so you just have to know who you're throwing to and who is throwing to you. But as you do that, the the excitement um, increases. And it's, um, it's, a fun, it's a fun game to play, all the while um, having the idea of, helping your reflexes stay in tune and helping your body control uh, work as you have these little shifts of weight. This is an incredible set of creative suggestions. Where does the inspiration for these creative ideas come from? Um, it's just... <laughs> It comes from, I think, my background as a choreographer, um, that, uh, that problem solving is, is an approach that I'm familiar with. I also used to be a real jock as a kid. I was very athletic, and I did a lot of different sports, and, um, so I have a familiarity with that, and I, I have um, just an, 
I think creative process is about being open to ideas and not shutting anything off. So if an idea comes into you and you think, oh, that's a good idea, what can I do with that? You know, and you come up with something and that doesn't quite work, so then you think, okay, so how can I change this to make it better? And you just kind of stay with something until you edit it or evolve it into something that works for whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. And, you know, there's such a variety of PD symptoms. It gives me plenty to work with (laughs) (laughs) between gait and tremor and, and, you know, fascination and and all that stuff. So it's um, it's interesting. Uh, I, I'm glad it's interesting. I mean, I wish I didn't have this interest to deal with, but uh, and I wouldn't wish it on anyone. But um, at the same time, I have it. So I might as well make the most of it. We'll be right back with Pamela Quinn after this short station break. This is Parkinson's Recovery, and I am Robert Rogers. My guest is Pamela Quinn. I'm trying to get the word out today on a 50% discount offer I just discovered this morning from the Posit Science Corporation. I've admired their work now for years and years. It's developed by a researcher by the name of Norman Dodge, who I've admired. He's written a number of books on uh, how you can create new neural networks, and he's joined together with this particular corporation, and they've created all kinds of incredible uh, uh, exercises that you can uh, be exposed to. Uh, they're kind of computer-generated uh, exercises. They're fun, they're interesting, and they do create new neural networks. They have just today, and I guess it expires today, an offer for a 50% discount. Their brain fitness program is their main program. The actual cost on that, I've never really mentioned anybody because it's always been quite high. It's uh, $396, and I've always felt like that was really over the top in terms of what uh, people ought to uh, have to pay. But that's been cut down uh, 50% if you add this coupon uh, code that I got just this morning. So I've got the scoop on the Parkinson's Recovery blog. Be sure to go there. Check it out. I want to tell everybody I think it's well worth investigating, particularly because if you order it, you get it, you try it for 90 days, and it, you know, don't, it really does not help. You can always send it back and get a full refund. So I believe it's uh, the deal of the year, literally. 50% discount means it's less than uh, $200. Obviously, you and your friends and your family can all use it. So I think it's well worth investigating. Go to the blog, blog.parkinsonsrecovery.com, or give me a call, and I can see steer you in the right direction, because I just discovered exactly how this works just a few hours ago. You can call me at the toll-free number, and that's 877-526-4646. Brain Fitness Program is is their main program. It's a core of uh, 40 hours of exercises where you're challenged each and every minute with a new experience. You can do those in short chunks of 15 minutes or longer chunks of 30 minutes or an hour. Now, back to dancer Pamela Quinn. What is the next project for you that's really on the drawing board? Are you uh, going to be doing another video or a book or what's up? Well, I'm not sure. I'm very excited because I am going to the Second World uh, Parkinson Congress that's happening at the end of this month in Scotland. 
and they're going to show my video at the opening night ceremony. Oh. So I'm really excited about that. And there are going to be, you know, other patients and neurologists and researchers and body work people and the whole sort of gamut of of professionals who are connected to this disease. So I'm I'm totally excited. I, I don't travel that much. I never have the opportunity to do that. And um, so that's one thing I'm really looking forward to. Um, I I have you know a couple of projects in the back of my mind. I'm a little reticent to mention them because I don't know if they'll happen or not. But um, one is making a tape that um, people can a videotape that people can use at home, sort of like a virtual class, so that they could have their own class at home. Um, but I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to do that, um, but I may be doing that with Brooklyn Parkinson's group. And the other thing that um, I've just put up my website, and I what I would really like to do is to go to communities, give workshops in the variety of subjects that I have, uh, fall prevention, dance class, how to collaborate with your doctor. Um, you know, just share whatever information I have that I think can be useful to people. And then I would like if that community can find an athlete or a dancer or someone that I can teach, that I can give them a crash course in what I do. We make up a syllabus. I share my music with them. They teach while I'm there. I critique their class and so that when I leave, there is a situation set up in that community to continue what we've done. Um, that, I think, would be a, a very uh, exciting project and a way to extend what I have to offer people on an ongoing and regular basis. What an awesome idea. What is your website address? It is Pamela Quinn, that's P-A-M-E-L-A-Q-U-I-N-N dot net. Tell us about the Brooklyn Parkinson's group. The Brooklyn Parkinson Group is an, um, a group run by Oli Westheimer, and it's an uh, arts-based advocacy group for people with Parkinson's. And many years ago, Oli, um, who used to do some dancing herself, uh, her husband is a neurologist, and so she saw a lot of people with Parkinson's, and she said to herself, these people need to dance. They have to move to music. And so um, she lived in Brooklyn, and at the time the Mark Morris Dance Studio had opened in Brooklyn, and so she went to them and she said, you know, I, I'm interested in trying to get some movement classes going for people with Parkinson's would you be interested in collaborating with me on this? And they said, sure. 
and they were looking for to develop community outreach programs. So that started, and what happened with me is I heard about that program, and I called Oli, and I said, and I met with her, and I said, you know, I'm interested in starting a movement lab. I want a place where I have people with Parkinson's, and where I can experiment with new ideas, because I I was interested in dance, but not only dance. I mean, my class is dance based in that it involves movement and it involves rhythm and it involves music with I have a great accompanist named Tigger Benford. But I also wanted to be able to work with walking and I wanted to be able to use some of these props that I bring in and I wanted to be able to experiment and that's why I call it a movement lab. But to get back to the Brooklyn Parkinson group, they have a a voice class, they have a fitness program, they have a dance class, and they have my movement lab, and they have a support group. So they have um, a number of things that they offer people with Parkinson's. And I should also mention, though, that the other place that I teach a group class, uh, NICOM, New York College of Osteopathic Medicine, which is part of... uh, New York Institute of Technology, they also have a great program. Under one roof, they have voice therapists, osteopaths, they have an OT, occupational therapist, they have a dance class, they have really good physical therapists, they have a wellness program. So that's another program I'm involved in that uh, has many things under one roof and it specializes in treating people with Parkinson's. How can listeners get information about these two programs? Um, well, they could Google them. Um, I, I don't happen to have the phone numbers right at, at my fingertips here, but they could, uh, Brooklyn Parkinson's Group, I know has a website of its own, and um, the... NICOM, uh, New York College of Osteopathic Medicine. It's called the Adele Smithers Parkinson Center, and um, it's in Old Westbury, Long Island, and that should be enough information to lead you to the right place. What would you want to say to an individual who was just diagnosed with the symptoms of Parkinson's this week? I would say you're going to have a wonderful life. Live it. Don't worry about the fact that you have a chronic disease. You can work with it. You will find people to help you. Um, And it's not the end of the world. In some ways, it's the beginning to a new world. And um, the best thing to do is just to take charge and and the old adage of live one day at a time. But it's not a horrible sentence. You know, it's really, um, there are ways to work with it. There's lots of research going on so that if you've just been diagnosed, 
you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the the most important thing is not to isolate yourself um, because that happens. You know, you if you haven't told people yet and you're hiding it, and the more you hide it, the more anxious you get, and the more your symptoms go out of control, and there's a whole sort of catch-22 business. And you you have to go through different periods of accepting it. You know, first accepting it yourself and mourning the loss of yourself and then how do you tell people, who do you tell. Um, there are a whole, a whole lot of different stages. Um, so, uh, but the most important thing is to know that you're going to be okay. <laughs> Pamela Quinn, how can people get in touch with you? Well, they can go to my website at PamelaQuinn.net, um, and that will give you contact information. It will include my email address, um, and um, that's probably, and it has my phone number there too. So that would be the best way for people to reach me. What question have I neglected to ask but really needs to be asked? Well, I think there needs to be a collaborative approach to treating people, which um, I, I took a um, course called uh, Allied uh teacher training for people with Parkinson's, which had um, music people, psychologists, financial people, MDs, you know, all together. But what I'm thinking of is there, Parkinson's is a movement disorder among many things. There, there are a lot of different ways in which the body is affected. And these movement disorder centers don't know anything about movement. <laughs> And that needs to be addressed, that the physicians, the neurologists need to be collaborating with physical therapists and not just any physical therapist, physical therapists that specialize in Parkinson's. And physical therapists need to learn about Parkinson's from patients. And um, so that, uh, that if it is indeed correct that movement and activity is neuroprotective, then we've got to find a way to include um, therapy for people on a regular basis. And another thing that plugs into that is the way the insurance situation is set up is it's all oriented towards someone that has an injury that will heal. It's not oriented towards chronic disease. And chronic disease needs ongoing application. And the insurance business is unwilling to recognize that or support that financially. And so that's another problem that needs to be addressed in order to help people um, work on a regular basis and ultimately that will help the uh, the health system anyway because if people 
are working out regularly, they're better, they'll need less physical aid, they won't be as dependent on medication, and it won't be as expensive. So we need to find a way to set up wellness programs so that if there's a cap on the physical therapy that you can get because of your insurance, there's a wellness program connected to that physical therapy that allows you to go and be monitored and to work out on a regular basis. And they have that at the New York College of Osteopathic Medicine. And it has to be $10 a shot or something that people who are on limited incomes can handle. But ultimately, the healthcare system is, if it focuses more on preventive medicine and ways to keep people moving on a regular basis, they're going to be able to deal much better with this baby boom generation who are no longer babies and are entering old age. Um, so there's a little speech for you. <laughs> Pamela Quinn, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for being a guest on the show today. Oh, well, thank you. I'm happy to share the information, and I'm happy to talk with any of your listeners. I have posted Pamela Quinn's award-winning video, which is showing today, September 30th, at the World Parkinson's Conference in Glasgow, Scotland, on the Parkinson's Recovery blog. Visit the following website to watch her remarkable three-and-one-half-minute video. That address is www.blog.com. Parkinsonsrecovery.com, P-A-R-K-I-N-S-O-N-S-R-E-C-O-V-E-R-Y.com. One of the postings for September the 30th is a link to watch Pamela Quinn's video. Watch it. It's remarkable. You will always remember watching what she has done in that video. There's a reason why she won that award. Also posted on September 30th is a link to the Brooklyn Parkinson Group. That particular link will take you also to a video that you can watch, and on this video you will see Pamela Quinn actually doing some of the work that she typically does with groups. That link also is well worth clicking on, and that video is well worth watching. So again, go to the Parkinson's Recovery blog, and you will see those postings for September 20th. You can also enter the blog by going to the main website. That's easy to remember on any search engine. Simply enter the word Parkinson's. And also, remember the word recovery. The first result will always be parkinsonsrecovery.com. Click on that, and you'll see on the main website the word blog. Click on that, and that takes you to the blog where we have regular postings of remarkable discoveries that people are making for what is helping them feel better and get relief from their symptoms. There's also a third posting, and that contains information that you can use today to be able to obtain a 50% discount on the Brain Fitness Program, which is offered by Posit Science Corporation. 
I've known about this program now for several years. I've admired it. I've actually looked at samples of the various exercises that they offer. I know that this has uh, promise for anybody to be able to create new neural networks, so check it out. You can only get this 50% discount today. I just learned about it this morning, and so I just explained on the posting the particular code that you have to enter into the shopping cart to get that 50% discount. Apparently, it expires by the end of the day. I've not seen this offer before from this particular company, so it's well worth taking advantage of. We're about to enter into the winter time here in this particular uh, part of the world, and so the physical exercises and the movement that Pamela Quinn so eloquently discusses is going to be a bit more challenging. You might be able to find that this particular brain fitness program will be very useful during some of the dark and wet and sundry winter months. Essentially, you order this, you get a disk that's sent to you in the mail, you put it into your computer, you turn it on, and then you have 40 hours of literally brain-inspiring exercises. The whole idea of this is quite simple. The whole point of it, the whole idea is to help you create new neural networks. We do have a caller from area code 250. Hello, you're on the air. How can I help you? Area code 250. Hello? Yes. Hello, you're on the air. How can I help you? This is Robert. I guess they just hung up. So this has been Parkinson's Recovery. My guest today has been Pamela Quinn, who is a professional dancer and who has offered amazing suggestions for how anyone with the symptoms of Parkinson's can get relief from their symptoms. You can always reach me by calling the following toll-free number to ask any question about anything. That number is 877 877- Five two six four six four six. You can reach me through the email system, which is Robert R O B E R T at Parkinson'sRecovery.com. We are always available to provide support, information, and resources to any individual that has the symptoms of uh, Parkinson's as well as their family members. And that's what's happening on the shores of the Puget Sound, where all the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and all the children are truly loved. Know that by virtue of the fact you are listening to this program, you are on the road to recovery. Have a marvelous week. Good day. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.